Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to After Work Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture and Pinot Noir, brought to you by magazine editors and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. I was like to Isabel before, do you remember it? She was like, no. It's open on my computer screen. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there one day. I don't, I didn't remember the last one for like months, but I think yeah. it's more of a nerves thing. Yeah. I'm not jealous that you have to do it every week. We should um, alternate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Mm, how are you? I'm good. I spent a really nice long Easter long weekend on the south coast, going to the beach every day, sleeping in, reading all day, and now I just have post mini holiday depression. Mm, I had that at work today as well, and it just seemed so stupid because I think the rest of the world took that huge nine day. Yeah, my bus was empty this morning. It was like a ghost town coming into the city. Mm. Everyone just took it off and we just because went they have to a break. <laughs> yeah. I realized like on April 20th that it would have been smart to do that. Mm. It just doesn't cross my radar. No, neither. Um, I did nothing all weekend, but I actually had like a weekend where. So I think I've been so can so into reading and consuming things for the past month. And I just ripped through a little life, which was mm. very tiring yeah I, I actually keep getting tired just looking at it I haven't started it yet. yeah it's too stressful um and then so like the weekend I literally did nothing I didn't even pick up my book I didn't really read anything I just sort of sat like a zombie and I don't want to sound really nerdy but I watched the whole season seven of Game of Thrones again yeah intense mm. how did you like it good I'd forgotten so much because that's the yeah. thing about me I just don't have a memory so it's like watching yeah. it fresh and also, I think that Game of Thrones is one of those shows where, because every episode is so fucking long and it's so dense, mm. like there's just so much stuff you forget happens. 
Yeah, so I watched that again, and then we watched the new one. I haven't seen the new episode yet. Oh. I know. I, we drove back yesterday, and I was going to watch it when I got home, but I was too tired. Hmm. Fun anecdote. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good. I feel like it's the Calm Before the Storm episode. Yeah. Like at work, everyone was talking about it, and I was like, don't tell me, and they're like, there's not really much to tell. No. Mm. Um, I feel like we're going to end up – there's a new – Vanity Fair podcast. Well, actually, I don't know if it's new. A Vanity Fair podcast um, where they review episodes of Game what? of Thrones. And Is I feel it like funny, like our favorite one, or not so much? Nah, not so much. I haven't listened a bit more to. more intellectual. Mm, I haven't listened to much of it, but I was listening today and now I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> I will just link to it later. Yeah. But it, it's, it's pretty good. But I just don't. Oh, it's called Still Watching. Still Watching. I just don't want to sound like a mega game of thrones nerd every single episode of this podcast until the show finishes we don't have that long it's kind of freaking me out yeah one month one month oh god one month to go anyway i did some pretty good reading when i was away i read um in vanity fair their profile on beto o'rourke who was my like favorite to be the next president of the u.s i just love him he's pretty hot and <laughs> he's kind of like the next obama ish like he's like 40 and handsome and like kind of cool he used to love punk music and he got arrested when he was a teenager and was in a punk band and stuff like that but he's super oh. legit yeah he's like really cool i've never heard anything about him i'm i love him but i also love mayor pete who i think might win instead because he's ex-army and married to a man so he's like do you think so um, smart. just trump will get re-elected I don't know. There's a lot of amazing Democrat, um, like the Democratic primaries will be kind of amazing because it's going to be an Olymp- like the Olympics of super smart, super talented Democrats to go up against him. Mm. So I actually have no idea, but um, I really like Beto and he was on the cover of Vanity Fair and it was a huge story on him. And then I read in Sunday Style Magazine, this really good article. I can't remember who it's by. I will put it in the notes about a woman who was diagnosed with adult ADHD and she was talking about like, I know they've talked about it with autism before, how a lot of the time these like mental disorders are not being diagnosed in girls because a lot of the symptoms are boy symptoms. Mm. So women aren't getting diagnosed till way later in life because no one noticed it in them. So you know how boys are much more likely to act out, whereas girls are much more likely to be quiet and buttoned up and, polite and shy um they're saying that because people think you can only have adhd if you're being like and like disrupting the class that heaps of girls have gone undiagnosed and she was saying that um all of her life where she's like struggled to focus on anything and always moved around jobs and not been able to like stick to any tasks and has left the house messy and has not paid bills and has made all these fuck ups that have got her in trouble she always just thought she was a shitty person and now that she's on ritalin and like figuring it all out her life's completely changed at like 45 and then obviously i was like oh my god zach i have adhd i was like no you don't the funny thing is that my whole childhood mum was like you need to get tested (laughs) because (laughs) because i'm just so distracted like like, as you know i'm just all over the show distracted Mm. and um all of my school reports were just like she's just so easily distracted like they would just the teachers would be talking i would just be looking out the window yeah that's it with that yeah you should read it maybe you Mm. have it it's even now like um yesterday 
Anton was like, I actually can't handle talking to you. When he was like, every time I'm talking to you and we're in an actual discussion, you just halfway through will just look at your phone. <laughs> and I'll and I'll look at my phone, but I'll open it. And like, if you've messaged me, I'll open it and I'll read what you said and I'll just reply to you automatically. And he's just in the middle of a discussion like, with me. I did it with my workmate after work today as well. Yeah, and I was it's like, easy Fuck. to do. And then you, we blame it on phones, but I think sometimes it's, it's just, just your being distracted. Yeah. yeah. And she was saying that like she. I think hers sounded a bit more extreme than either of us, but that mm. she's like broken up with boyfriends and had relationships fail because she just can't get on top of her finances or she just can't get on top of like the housework or she just can't get on top of yeah uh, keep keeping focused at work so she can't climb the ladder at work and then just all this stuff's gone wrong for her. And I was like, it's so interesting. And then the last thing I read was um, a book by A.A. Gill, who's one of my favorite writers. He was a food critic who died like two years ago. Um, And it's a collection of his essays about travel and it sort of starts being very serious ones about visiting like refugee camps and stuff like that. But he writes about it in this amazing kind of, it's definitely not funny, but like very legit down to earth kind of funny in parts way. Mm -hmm. And he also, because he's a food critic by trade, tries all their food in the camps and because they're all kind of amazing cooks. He like reviews the food, but not in a gross way, in a nice way. Yeah, It's amazing. I love, and then it progresses to becoming more about him going on some sort of fucking (laughs) five-star safari with his kids. (laughs) You read the most random stuff. I know. Um, I love him. His book, Poor Me, which is his autobiography about being an alcoholic, is one of my favorite books of all time. It's so good. And who and who is he? Just a man? He, yeah. Well, yeah, he was super smart and um, went to like an Oxford or something. And he was an alcoholic and lost like 20 years of his life. And even when he was an alcoholic, he was obsessed with food. And he said he would drink so much, he'd go into a stupor and wake up and there'd be like a three-course meal in the kitchen that he made <laughs> when he was pissed. Like there'd be like a duck. Oh, my and, God. And like it was all done with all the trimmings and stuff. And he just like lost 24 hours of his life and apparently made – all this food in it. And then he reinvented himself as one of the country's most respected food and TV critics in his 40s. It's so good. It's so good. And he's so funny. I genuinely think Anton should be a food critic. Yeah, it's it's the best job. It's because he's A, a very good cook, but also B, just so... He critiques everything. Like Mm. when we went to Chinchin the other day, I was like, this is heaven. Everything (laughs) is delicious. It is perfect. There couldn't be anything better if it was made by God. Like I was just like, this is so yum. And he was like, yeah, you know, like that could have done with a little bit more salt or that could have done with it. He just knows what would make food more delicious. And I was like, that just legitimately needs to be your job. Yeah, that would be so good. And then I would just tag along and be like, delicious. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Five stars. Anton will be giving this a five star review. He's (laughs) like, shut up, Izzy. I'll get like manipulated by all the restaurants. I know. That would be me as well. Anyway, so I loved that book. And that was everything. So all I did... I didn't really read, mm. but I am reading Eggshell Skull by Brie Lee, yes. which I want to properly recommend once I've read more than like 15 pages. <laughs> um, but I listened to, I know we always recommend um, The Cut on Tuesdays, well I do, considering Grace is they can never listen to it. Yeah. Um, but there was a really good episode. So you know how we just did a big special on marriage. Mm. They're doing a big, they did a big special on marriage in the New Yorker. And, um, Influenced by after work drinks. <laughs> I don't. I think no, it was the other way first, around. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the episode's called "I Love You, I Love You, I Love You," and it's about two different marriages, and they interview um, the husband and wife of oh. both. And one of them is this the cutest story. So they met at I think it was like 
what is it? Camp USA, whatever. Mm. You know, the summer camp, mm. that big one. Um, they met there and they kissed and that was her first kiss and she's deaf. And so she, but her parents, had, it was like in the 80s. And I think in the 80s, there was like this really backwards way of teaching deaf people and they would force them to learn how to speak right. and read lip because they thought that sign language, they wouldn't get anywhere or, or something right. like that. Yeah. And so she knows how to, she can speak, but she can't hear anything, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy. Um, oh God. So in the interview, she's being signed to, but she's talking. She's speaking. Oh. She can read lips as well, oh. but she's being yeah, signed to because they're doing over the phone. Yeah. Um, and they met and they kissed and it was her first ever kiss and then like years go by and they separate and he gets oh. married and she like couldn't stop thinking about him but then when he was remarried because they can't, I think they were like friends on Facebook or something when he remarried she was like okay that chapter's closed and then they like rekindle it's just oh. really cute and then the other one they met through him being in jail and she worked at I think like a church or somewhere where they wrote to people who were incarcerated and they met through that and fell in love they're just really cute yeah it's just really cute and it was sort of them talking about how like is marriage still necessary today and then these two couples were pro marriage yeah which is cute and then last night on netflix i watched um have you heard of brene brown yes yeah so my psychologist recommended (laughs) yeah yeah so she's got like a she's got four best-selling books um i think the the most popular one's called daring greatly um and she's got a ted talk on vulnerability Mm. which um has been viewed over 39 million times and then she's just they've just released a netflix special with her and it's called the the call to courage um and it's so funny at the start she's sort of being like it's the funniest thing ever because i got anton to make me a portfolio and i was like when it went live, I was just like, oh my God, is it live? Like, you can't sit it live. And he was like, who the fuck is Googling you? <laughs> like, he was like, seriously, it doesn't matter if it's like not perfect. And I was like, oh, uh, oh my God. And then like was freaking out and she was saying the same thing. And she was like, I did this TED talk and I did it, you know, in front of the small crowd. And then I saw that it was going on YouTube and I was sort of like, oh, did I sign something to say that, that could happen? <laughs> and then she said to her husband, she got home and she was like, oh, you know, I found out that it's going on YouTube. And he was just like, well, like, what are they going to Google? Like, Brene yeah. Brown. And then it's been viewed 39 million times. That's going to happen to your portfolio. I think so. <laughs> Especially now. So many similarities. Um, and I literally need to take it down after this. It's actually <laughs> so crap. Anton does such a bad job on mine because he just, like, can't be bothered even though he's a designer. Um, and then, but then you'll ask me to, like, edit something for him, like, something he's written. And I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. No spelling mistakes. <laughs> doing this in my off time um but yeah so that came out over the weekend um and it's really cool i haven't actually read her books but i want to learn more about her we watched yeah. her ted talk on vulnerability after we watched the netflix special um and she just does this big talk in front of an audience and it's recorded and it's all about vulnerability and courage and she says that the two are just like completely you can't have one without the other yeah um and she's saying like if you're brave with your life, you're going to know failure and that like a lot of it's all about how if you get in the arena to actually like try and get to your goals or try and push yourself outside of your comfort zone, she was like, you're going to fall down. You're going to have failure. It's going to be embarrassing. But she was like, so many people will never get in the arena, but they'll make it their full-time job to hurl criticism, judgment and negativity towards you. Oh. 
and I was like, hmm, like it's just, yeah. it's just so. Know a few of those. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I was like, come on, assholes, get in the arena. Yeah, we're in the arena with our microphones. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's so good. I remember watching her TED Talk. I would love to watch that Netflix series. Mm. And I watched her TED Talk on the advice of my psych and it was really like, I don't want to say life-changing, but kind of life-changing for me. Just about how she says something about how the one thing that the one thing that the most people who consider themselves happy to be have in common is that they're can be vulnerable, mm. right? Like more than money mm-hmm. or location or married or single or employed or unemployed or college educated or whatever, kids, no kids. The one thing that most people who are happy have in common is that they're comfortable like putting themselves out there, mm. which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I would highly recommend that to anyone. And then the other thing I read that I really loved was um, this piece on Man Repeller and I put it in our Facebook group over the weekend um, and it's called The Underrated Link Between Success and Humility. And it's all about, um, so the writer lost her job and she said that she went downstairs um, and she made a list of people who needed to know that she'd lost her job. So like her first thought was to go into, okay, what now? These people need to know I've lost my job. These people might have contacts. Um, And then she was like, I realized this list was the greatest accomplishment of the last decade of my professional life because she's got this list of people who she can call on for help and who she's not afraid to say, hey, do you know of anyone? Hey, do you know of anything going? Um, And it was just this like, it was just really nice. It was sort of being like the idea of like, you know, getting up and dusting yourself off and like going back in and trying again is like all great, but it's also good to be like, hey, I need some help. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. And and not getting so like cocky in your current job that you burn so many bridges that when it all goes down, you're too like mm. embarrassed or humiliated to yeah. talk to anyone. Yeah. So she was like, I don't think it's even possible to be truly self-sufficient. And even if it were, I don't think it would be healthy. Um, so she's cultivating, cultivating self-reliance instead, which is like um, – Self-sufficiency teaches you to fear change, but self-reliance invites you to greet it as an opportunity. We can never be prepared for every possible future, but we can work towards meeting whatever is next with resilience and grace. And we don't have to do it alone. Hmm. I think it was really cute. Very cute. Another thing I saw today that I thought you'd be interested in is Kanye West's first prophecy coming true. Yes. Um, Instagram's about to hide your likes. We talked about this. Yeah. In like our first, like true fans will know <laughs> like our second or third episode mm. so the idea was that instagram should hide likes and followers from other people because that creates your likes and how many followers you have um but it was kanye mentioning it about twitter saying that they should take out how many followers someone has and how many retweets and things people get and that would change the whole game and now um a guy who He's like a reverse engineering expert who has a history of discovering Instagram's changes before they've rolled out. So he's figured this out in the algorithm uh-huh. or like in the back end, in the code. Um, and yeah, he found out that the like count had been hidden and like managed to get screenshots of what it would look like. And basically when you post a photo, it'll have, it'll have two people who... So if you're looking at... Say if I was looking at your photo... Yeah. It would have a couple of our mutual friends who had liked it and then say, and others. So you would never know how many people. I really 
like this idea and i think when we talked about it when kanye west suggested it we're like oh this is actually a very good idea because it's i don't think that me and you post things solely to get likes but it's definitely a factor (laughs) always well it wasn't until literally just then when we paused to top up our wines and we were discussing this because we hadn't talked about it yet um and i was sort of like oh I don't know how I feel about it. But then as soon as you were sort of like, well, it means that you could post whatever you like without worrying at all. Because, yeah, like if I post something like a book I'm reading and it got 40 likes versus a cool photo on a night out with you that gets 200. Yes. Then I'm less likely to post the books I'm reading or the day at the beach I'm Yes, having. exactly. I feel as if we just subconsciously don't because it seems – like a bad move, like not a smart move when you know something isn't going to get a lot of likes to mm. not post it. It completely changes the reason that you post things on yeah. Instagram because there is a some sort of – I don't go back and be like, how many likes did this get? How many likes did this get? But I think there is an element of if you have a certain amount of likes normally, then suddenly post something that gets 40 well, or that 50. Even it on looks weird. Well, drinks yesterday. Did it? Yeah. I thought I was posting this funny picture of Ryan Gosling looking really sad while he had an ice cream. And I was just like, <laughs> like, like five one. Easter eggs deep because you're just like feeling yeah. really upset that you're eating heaps of Easter eggs. Yeah. And just no one liked it. And I was like, oh. I did I've the same with that Hayley Bieber one. And I archived it because it got like no likes. And yeah, I was just but embarrassed. Like, what if but that people was funny. Just couldn't tell. <sighs> and then we'd I be know. Like, <gasps> After our drinks, we go so rogue. <laughs> yeah. We weren't burdened by the likes. Yeah. Oh. But I actually, I love that because then there's also things like people posting at specific times. Yes. Because you know it'll get maximum likes, which was really hard. Like, I, I don't do that so much, but like I wouldn't post if it was 2 a.m. in Australia. Yes. And I used to go rogue, remember, and just post like five photos in one night. Yeah. And then they'd all get like 11 likes. <laughs> and I, the next day, I'd be like, why? Like, <laughs> our, whole ad- yeah, our whole attitude now is... Everything is posted at peak time, mm. perfectly curated, the right time distance between staff. And mm. it would be very refreshing and freeing to not be. Me too. At first, I that. sort of didn't think. I, when I first read it, I was like, oh, I feel like people look more at your follower count. So if you click yeah. on someone's account, because that apparently that's staying for now. Like Instagram has no plans to remove there would be more revolt i think about follower counts being removed because then it's like how does a brand know whether or not to work with you yeah well yeah and then they just have to trust screenshots which would be kind of hectic yeah um suddenly i've got fifty thousand. yeah (laughs) i'm going to the maldives um (laughs) but yeah i really like that now that i'm thinking about it i'm just gonna post books yeah i know our grids are gonna change drastically I, i reckon they're probably doing it because um when eva chen from instagram she came and did a talk in sydney and though she didn't say this directly she was very much like post on the feed post on the feed and i think instagram are kind of like stories they obviously created to kind of take away from snapchat yes but now everyone's turning to stories because they've got they think of the feed as being this thing that has to be super curated has to be beautiful and you can only post once a day i know i'm like scared to post on my own feed (laughs) i'm like i don't want to disrupt this ecosystem that's existing (laughs) like i don't know what to do with you i feel the same so now everyone just goes to stories i mean i'm still going to be a bit anal about my grid but you know one time Baby Grace um, was drunk. Where were we? 
I think we're at like a festival. Uh-oh. I think we're at Splendor in the Grass. Yeah. We were. And Grace went through and had my phone and literally yes. archived like every photo, which was like, she was being funny. She was just being like, this looks crap and archiving yeah, like, all I the photos. Yeah, I wasn't even, I was being serious. Yeah. I turned into a work of art. I was like, okay, Izzy, your landscape hue is blue. Yeah. Like, let's and you were like, no more cat photos, yes. none. Izzy was like, I see that you're, she was like, you were trying to do it discreetly, but you were just archiving every single picture of my cat, Frankie. Mm. And I was like, yes, this is not on brand. There's one as of left. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was amazing because I watched this TED talk actually, which I meant to recommend and I forgot to until now, by this guy called Tristan Harris, who is a, was a Google engineer who quit to become kind of like a whistleblower about all of mm. the engineering tactics they Love. use on these sites. And he wrote, he did a really amazing TED talk, and it was about how really simple engineering, like we've talked about this before, how we're kind of being not brainwashed but manipulated into being addicted to social media mm-hmm. and how a lot of the mechanisms of gambling machines and stuff like that is used on our phone but he was saying that very simple engineering tactics could completely change our relationship with technology like he said every time you interrupt a task you're doing to look at your phone on average it takes 23 minutes for you to get back to that task oh my god so he was like if every time you opened your phone you got a thing that said are you willing to spend 20 minutes? What, like, whatever it was, mm. uh, something that phrased it in a way that you knew when you were opening your phone that you were about to lose 20 minutes, you would just rethink picking it up. Or if you knew that every time you were about to t- lock your phone off, you got a little thing saying you just spent 26 minutes on your phone, you would. Even screen time is helping. Like, I don't think screen time existed when he did this TED Talk. Screen but just time, that there I, just, is... I just don't. I ignore it now. Yeah. When it first started, I remember saying to you, because we talked about our screen time, and mm. mine was like three hours. And I was like, oh, I feel like that's kind of fine, especially considering my job is mm. running the Marie Claire Instagram account. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's so fine. And now it's just like doubled. Has it? And it's gone up to like four, well, obviously not doubled, but like, significantly yeah. increased to like four and a half hours wow. i was like what the fuck yeah is going on i know but i've kind of gotten obsessed with just like now i just chat to all our listeners on the afterwork tracks podcast yeah. page i know whenever i go in there's like 40 new chats and it's just easy like having dnms with everyone i just thought <laughs> i'm getting jealous I no, but then sometimes like on the weekend there was one that i'd left unread because i knew it was a long one and i knew we needed <laughs> to respond properly like she, she was Sometimes talking. I'm like typing out a response and then your response jumps up. Oh. Yeah. Well, this didn't happen this time, no. sister. So it was like this long message which required, you know, mm. us sitting down and actually engaging. Thinking, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to open that yet. Um, and I went back and then like looked and it was just seen like four hours ago. <laughs> I was like, Grace, come on. It's someone like pouring out their heart and soul and you'd just seen it. I was like, please. I know the one. I had a half written message typed out. but I was just have too, some text. I was too zen on the South Coast. Yeah. I would just put my phone down and come back to it like nine hours later and be like, oh. Hello there. Hello. Uh, anyway, I'm excited about Instagram unveiling that. Same. I'm, you know, I'm just going to be posting all the time. I'm probably just definitely won't. But it'll be good. I think it'll change things. But will people know that we're getting lots of likes on after work drinks? Yeah, probably not. We can just comment how many likes we got. <laughs> yeah. And just up it by like 200. Update it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'll be like 400 likes. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Exclamation mark. 
<laughs> Comment below if you liked. Perfect. How funny. Okay. Anyway. Do you want to top up? Yes. mention man repeller again we this week <laughs> please official sponsors of man repeller um we loved this article on man repeller about the sort of question of having it all and why we're all sort of sick of this question of can women still have it all it was one of those things where they have a big group slack discussion with like five members of the team and then just print the whole transcript in full and it's very interesting and enlightening and sort of had me an easy thinking about Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's always been this kind of note. Like, it's always been a question, I feel like, as we were growing up. Like, can women have it all? Do we yeah. want it all? But then I feel like as we got older, it was kind of, and it got shut down. We've already mentioned this piece, um, the piece on the Atlantic. Yes. What's her name? Anne-Marie Slaughter. Yeah, she wrote this incredible piece this it's like i was rereading it again for this episode and i was like oh, it's, like, so, it's long. so long yeah. give yourself an hour yeah she wrote this incredible piece about basically being like women can't have it all she worked really high up um for hillary clinton in the government yes and then she ended up quitting to spend time with her family because she just couldn't do it yeah um but so i think they're like sort of in recent years the conversation's shifted away from that and everyone's been like well no or you can have it all but not at once yes but then the kind of the whole premise of it still lingers like yes. it's like we don't now say out loud i want to have it all but then we still secretly think that we want to have it all yes and what she said which i loved was that there's been this idea in the older generation like in she says in her generation with cheryl sandberg and people like that where they mean well but they kind of insinuate that if you don't have it all quote unquote if you don't have an amazing career and a great family life then you just haven't worked hard enough like it's this suggestion that if women just work hard enough they'll get it mm. whereas Anne-Marie Slaughter is like the system is set up for us to fail like until work hours and school drop-off hours are the same until you're like respected for your job while still not being in the office for 40 hours a day like it doesn't matter how hard you work or how smart or how ambitious you are. You're just set up to fail. Yeah. And um, still women, like there's so many studies that show that women are still doing nearly three times more of the work associated with the home than men. Yes. Like childcare, elder care, cooking, cleaning and transportation. 
women are doing all of that plus they're supposed to be i actually read while i was away which i wanted to wait till this section to talk about um annabelle crabs the wife drought which i want to give to you but it's also like that emotional labor book we read where it's like after the fourth chapter you're like you get it yes like <laughs> yeah, i understand, I understand. <laughs> like you explain this all in the, the blurb yeah but basically she's saying which is really smart and funny how she talks about it but like the reason men get ahead there's lots of reasons but the biggest reason men get ahead is because they have wives like if women mm. had someone at home yeah full time who they could trust with their children who did all the cooking and cleaning who did all the emotional labor who'd like sorted everything else out in the home and on top of everything else it made you a more desirable candidate that you had that family unit of course women would be equal with men like men it's so true men, it's just like having a personal like Chef nanny chef bubbler like, like, yeah. like yeah literally and, and i don't know how much more spare time we would have yeah and she was like men also it's proven that men actually progress further in their career once they have kids whereas the opposite is obviously true for women mm. so having a family is beneficial when you're a man it makes your career jump forward all this time but it's only possible like she rattles off all these statistics which we can post but everyone understands like of the hundred top ceos that are men 98 have stay-at-home wives and the top 30 ceos that are women they're all the primary caregivers at home Mm. or they don't have kids yeah like none like i think two out of 30 had stay-at-home husbands it's just unheard of so it is that idea that women are kind of being fed this it's not a lie, like it's well intentioned, but we keep being told like just push harder, just push harder, just push harder, and you'll achieve everything you want. Whereas she's being like, it's really unfair to tell millennial women this because if they don't achieve everything they want, it's not because they're not working hard enough. It's because the system is cooked. Yeah. <laughs> Though that was like the backlash when Jacinda Ardern announced she was pregnant, and everyone was like, all these dickheads were like, how is she gonna? have a baby and run a country and it's like mm. well if she cannot have a child and do her job yes. then the system is wrong yes exactly like, she's not wrong yeah. having a child yes like, what do you want at to the, do with at it? the exact age that you're supposed to have a child yeah. apparently yeah and she has a, a partner who's staying at home and like if she still cannot do it with that support then yes. surely the job needs to change totally there was something great as well that i love that Marie slaughter said where she was talking about how um all of the women that are being used as um our role models in the having it all sphere are like crazy anomalies like they're either road scholars or they've got like the top grades at Harvard or they won one of them won a Pulitzer at 32. Mm, like yeah. she was like, these aren't the people who aren't normal every day. Yeah. Though. They're not normal people. Like I'm sure they've got to the top of their business and become the CFO of Facebook and become the head of the state department and done all of this stuff and also have children and have a seemingly happy life. But like, these aren't the people that we should all be looking up to as mm. role models of how to balance everything. I think the other issue with it as well is the phrase having it all or just the concept having it all just sort of assumes that all women want the same thing. Yeah. So it's just assuming like when you think of having it all, you automatically think of having a good career, a happy, healthy relationship, Mm. a good social life. Yes. Money, like your finances all sorted. And kids. And kids. Yeah. But it's like, that's just not what everyone wants. No. Yeah, that's so true. 
I think that that was a great thing in that Leandra Medine thing about how um, we've changed from, what was the phrase? Like we've changed from self-improvement to self-satisfaction. Satisfaction, yeah. How women now are realizing that we don't want to be striving to have all things at once. We just want to get to a point where we're just happy with things as they are. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Which seems like the kind of opposite of what we've been taught. And it's kind of, I feel like it's like the anti to all of this productivity phase and working so hard that you're exhausted and you're burnt out and you're sleeping five hours a night. It's like the opposite of that. Yeah. Which is great because also like with the assuming everyone wants the same thing. When I read that, I was like, that's so me because I always think I always look to what other people are doing to think that's how I should be acting in terms of like, I didn't really realize it until I read that, but in terms of things like socializing, Mm. So I just never really want to go out anymore. Yeah. And I just don't and I can't be bothered. But then, for example, like with Anzac Day coming up and everyone in Australia, for New Zealand listeners, <laughs> everyone in Australia does this weird thing where they go to a pub and play a game called Two Up. Mm. And I've never once done it since I've lived in Australia. I've never done it either. Okay. <laughs> since you've lived in Australia. Yeah. Your whole life. Yeah. Um, but they, everyone kind of goes and they drink or they go to parties and until – when was the tri- – oh, no, that was on Australia Day. And then on, like, on yeah. Australia Day, there's, like, the – until recently, the Triple J. Yes. 100. And, and then so with Anzac Day approaching, I was sort of like, oh, God, like, I probably need to make some plans to go to yes. some party. Yeah. But I just don't want to do that at all. I just yes. want to go, like, to a beach and read on it. Yeah. And I feel like it's – yeah, it's kind of freeing to, like, not be caught up thinking about what a successful element of that – yeah exactly i think as well the like we could talk till the cows come home about instagram culture but it it, it, the social media thing does exacerbate this feeling of whatever you're doing if you're at a point where you're satisfied like something pops up and you feel like Mm. i was the same like i was away this weekend and i felt so happy and so rested and so restful and like calm and collected and relaxed and then i would go on instagram stories and see people out drinking wine and being at a party and i'd just be like oh my god what am i doing i have no friends i'm blah, blah, blah. you know yeah. what i mean like i'm panicking like i don't have a social life what what the hell am i doing and then if i was out with people and saw a friend at a beach at a beach with her boyfriend and his family for the weekend i'd be like what am i doing at this stupid bar why am i not you know yeah. like it's just you want all things at all times and it's exhaust. It's exhausting. Sometimes it's just exhausting being in my brain. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all of our brains, though. Yeah, I think we're all doing that. I was sort of, I was doing that where we spent a weekend at home doing nothing, and everyone went away, and I kind of knew that I was going to get this weird. Well, not weird, but I kind of knew that I was just going to be like, oh, I yeah. just can't be in the house. I just want to get <laughs> out of here. Yeah. Um. But. Then I sort of sat back and was like, I'm just so happy doing literally nothing, even if that means not reading a book and I'm just yeah, lying exactly. at home and doing washing. Yes. Exactly right. I actually, just to go back to it quickly, because I couldn't stop thinking about this when I read it, but how insane is it when you think about it that working hours are nine to five and school drop off is three. nine to three? Yeah. Like who designed that? That's literally <laughs> set up so that women can't work. Yeah. Or so that, that yeah, you have to get a, to get a nanny. Something. Like, that is wild. So like, insane. we know this, but what the fuck is up I know. with that? And I still think that, like, in today, like, in this day and age, 
it should just be fine for a woman to leave work at three to go or two thirty or whatever to go and pick her kids up, but it's still just not. It's so not a and thing. And it's not even in our workplaces where it we're predominantly surrounded by women. No, oh, it's so not okay. It was no. like in that piece you talked about that woman who worked for the foreign and Commonwealth office in London, which I know because I went to a fashion show there and it was amazing. And <laughs> that's so quiet. No one's going to be able to hear you. Which I saw a fashion <laughs> show there. Grace in the mind is a constant issue. I know. I just, we thought this microphone was broken because no, it was quiet. Yeah. And then it just was me talking quietly. But Izzy we did it, have normal. one broken one. Yeah. Which is now confusing. fixed. But then I yes. brought the like two working ones to her house. And I was like, oh dear, I, brought, I somehow brought the broken one. And then I swapped it over and was like, oh no, you just, just can't grace speak. being silent. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how does my own voice sound muffled when I'm just talking into a microphone? <laughs> anyway, the Foreign and Commonwealth Office, which you'd think would be the most old school bureaucratic like boys club mm. thing basically started a rule that if you could argue for working from home they would acknowledge it but they really wanted to foster an environment where the people who didn't work from home didn't hate the people that did work from home and there was a woman who talked about the fact that her husband she met like the love of her life and he lived in dublin so she said can i do my job which was a really high up job in british parliament from dublin and they said yes and she said she commuted to london she called in for conference calls and she worked more productively than she would have if she was in an office and did a fantastic job and got promoted even though she was doing it literally from another country because they were open to her Mm. working that way and i know that there would be some teething problems with flexible hours and you'd have some people taking the piss and like you're always gonna have lazy people that might take advantage and ruin it for everyone but i know for a fact that if you said to everyone in any given office do your work to the same standard in three hours less a day Mm -hmm. everyone would do it yeah or or do it you can leave it to and you have to go home and do the rest of the work whatever time you want to before tomorrow so you put the kids to bed at 7 30 and then you're doing an extra two hours of work people would happily do that yeah and if you're not finished by then People would just be finished by then. They would just get it done. Yeah, and if they had to work a couple extra hours at night, if you yeah. would happily do that if it meant you could pick your kids up from school and, yeah. and not feel... And the problem is you can make that a rule, but until everyone gets on board and isn't bitter or weird about it, because I feel like you could make that a rule, but everyone in the office would just stay yeah. and make you yeah. feel like an asshole yeah. for leaving. It's like everyone has to get involved. And it's just people realizing that when parents leave and men would have to do it too that's the thing because if you had all the men staying in the office and all the women hustling out at 2 30 then that's just like a bad look it just has to shut it too yeah (laughs) out or make i i was thinking about a good system would be to make work an hour less and school an hour more yeah definitely or even yeah work two hours less and school an hour more yeah you could get there on time yeah it's so it's so weird it wasn't until i read it like that that i was like this is all of our problems Mm. in the whole world like come down to the fact that these two things are diametrically opposed to each other like what is up with that i know if either parent could go pick up the kids from school and it didn't fuck up their job there would be like no sexism (laughs) we just solved everything listen to us government yeah we figured it all out but it would make a huge difference how silly. Mm. I mean, 
I know, or even if like, yeah, school started. Oh no. I don't know. I was going to say school started. Hey, I'm like, put kids in school from right eight now. to six. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. Keep them there. Keep them there for 12 hours a day. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Because were you, like, did you do after school care or anything when you were young? Yeah. yeah um, so I think mum picked me up a couple of days a week and yes. then I did after school care. Yeah. Same. And I hated it. This girl used to bully me. Did she? Yeah. She used to say that I sat, like, well, actually, I can't really remember many specific examples of her bullying me but i remember <laughs> I know one happened i remember one time we're in the back of a van and i was just like sitting there just normally sitting not not saying anything to anyone <laughs> minding my own business and she was like could you sit up any straighter and i just looked, oh yeah and i would have been just sitting like this i just have good, <laughs> I just have good posture just sat up so straight like a ruler <laughs> i just, I just even like now this. You're slouching. I'm, I'm just so slouchy. Sitting up. I have this gross back because I just slouch all the time. Yeah, Grace. It's like giving me a fat back. Grace is worried. <laughs> she has a fat back. Any photo of her back, I took all these photos of her speaking to Kendall Jenner and she just deleted every single one and was yeah. like, fat back. Yeah, <laughs> I and, like, just, and just hunched. I had the shoulders of an Olympic swimmer. I'm like, they're oh just broad. Gosh. Anyway. Um, what was I even saying? You're getting bullied by that oh, girl yeah. in school care. Did and then I like... and then I, I just slowly slouched. <laughs> like, I like every thirty seconds I would just slouch more, but I didn't what say a, anything. It's such a vicious bullying tactic because yeah. it's so simple, but it stands for so much. Yeah. And like so clever for her to think of that. Like Yeah, what a bitch. Yeah. I wonder who she is. I like I don't remember her name or anything about it, but I still remember this boy called Matthew who said I look ugly when I cry, <laughs> which is so horrible. I was literally crying. And everyone looks ugly. On Kim Kardashian. Yeah, we were so everyone. Everyone was just horrible when they were a child. Mm. Children are not nice. I remember one time this um, boy called Samuel. Like everyone used to be mean to him. Oh. I don't know why. Um, and then our teacher kind of sent him off to do an errand. And then when he was off doing the errand, she was like, everyone needs to be nicer to Samuel. Like, don't make it, a, don't make it an obvious thing. Just be nicer. And then he came back and literally the whole class was like, Samuel, sit with me, Samuel. And everyone was like running around with him on the playground. And he was so happy. And I just like, don't know how long that lasted, but I'm going to say like a day. <laughs> I know. And even I was like, guys, this is just so obvious. It's too much. Samuel knows. Even I, a fellow bullied student. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't bully him. I, I didn't. just think I sat back, which is probably just as bad. I know. <sighs> anyway, I'm really sorry, Samuel, if you're out there. <laughs> God. How do we get so off track? I like to think Samuel's happy. Me too. Wherever he is. Yeah. And I like to hope that Matthew and the girl on the bus. Oh, do you know what's crazy, actually? Beds I got ramen last week and I like sometimes I just need to go for a walk after I eat a lot. Like I need to like I don't know, just like work it like not work it off obviously, but I just need to like, move. Yeah. And we have all these fucking playgrounds near our house. So we went to one down that way. And we went on the swings and then I threw up that night. What? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot I completely forgot that happened until just now. Yeah. I just woke up in the middle of the night and was like as sick as a dog. <laughs> but the because main the thing swings. I think so. It was the one thing that was different every other time. <laughs> God. But the one thing 
that was crazy was we went on the monkey bars and I was like, this will be so funny. Easy. And I, yeah. I couldn't even fucking move. Yeah. It's How so did hard. we do that? We just used I to know. like throw ourselves around. I used to be like a monkey bar queen. Same. I used to like flip my legs in between and like hang off. Yeah. And you know how you'll, you'll like jump? Yes. Over them. And then yes. Like, yeah. And like, like loop yourself up so you're sitting on top of them. Yeah. One time oh. I um, jumped on them um, and I literally jumped and my hand landed on a bee. Guys, and it stung me. (laughs) Isn't even funny. This is like a very sad time. It stung. Yeah, it stung me, and so I fell off these monkey bars and landed like crash bang on the floor of the playground. Oh my god! I got stung by a bee on the weekend. Mm. (laughs) Also relevant. What's up with them? And I um, (laughs) landed on the ground and was like fully winded my mom had to come get me <laughs> anyway i just was hanging off them and i was like zach was like Can't do move. one and i was like i cannot move i can't even move one hand off i know it was so crazy anyway. let alone do pull-ups yeah like being a kid was awesome yeah we had so much more strength why is that we're just way we're lighter just little, yeah <laughs> and we, mo- we moved all the time yeah like Zach was saying how, because I was like, we just used to eat trash when we were kids. Like, you remember what was that? Like the candy shop? Mm. It was just che- like a giant slab of cheese yeah. melted on a giant like slab a of white bread. Every day for lunch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or we had like deep fried chicken tenders with potato gems. Mm. But even at home, like, I was thinking that um, the other day, like the stuff that my mom would let me eat at home. It's stuff that I wouldn't let myself eat now. So I just had this yeah. jar of Nutella and I would get home every day after school and have like seven pieces of Nutella <laughs> and bread. And then, we weren't allowed Nutella. Yeah. Yeah. And then, even just white bread, just eating just mm. tons of white bread Those all were the, the time. But, but, but he was like, the reason why you could eat all that shit when you're a kid is because then you would just go and just run around for an mm. hour. Yeah. Without stopping for yeah. fun. Sprint around and play. Yeah. And so imagine me and you just doing it now. Just going for so a play. Funny. We should go play like a team sport and ruin our lives. We just would not be good at all. We'd be kicked off. Like when I got kicked out of the dance team. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I told you about the basketball story, hey? I think I've told, talked about it before on this podcast. What happened? Where I played basketball and I was really bad. And my dad came to watch me play one game. And there was a mum who was running down the court screaming, don't pass to Grace. <laughs> that, that literally oh happened. Oh, my God. Isn't that wild? I don't remember that happening. Yeah. You're telling me that. Don't, like, don't pass to Grace. Like, because I was like, here, here. I, like, never got the ball. <laughs> so funny. And did you not really, like, did your dad have to break it to you? Or did you, could you hear her? Ah, uh, I couldn't hear her, but he like, always <laughs> told everyone the story. He was like, I pretended I didn't know you. I was like, thanks, Dad. Oh, my God. But I think because I was tall and lanky, people mm-hmm. thought I would be good at it. So they just let me on and I was just useless. Yeah. No <laughs> aim, no fitness, no competitive streak. Like, just no. nothing. Yeah, sometimes when I would play netball and um, the other girls would just be so feisty yeah like psychopath i'm just like who cares yeah who cares about this loser who cares yeah who cares about this ball so much but i would actually (laughs) just be like i just wanted to be friends with everyone and so they they would be like really mean and bullying and they would say like the meanest stuff really yeah they'd be like hello like freckle face and then i'd just (laughs) like (laughs) cry 
Would you? Yeah. Nothing is as bad as a grown woman screaming, don't bust Grace, for like 11. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. I actually don't think you've ever told me that. I thought I'd said it before. It's pretty fucked up. And then I, what else did I do? I played soccer for a season. And after the first game, I fell into an ice rink and <laughs> oh broke my God. arm. <laughs> Like down the stairs. I was had the roller skates on and I just fell like down the stairs coming away from the counter that gave you the roller skates into the oh rink. Oh, my God. And I like fell down the stairs and just broke my arm. <laughs> and then I broke another arm playing rugby. Yeah, I touch broke. Touch rugby. I broke my toe riding a bike. <laughs> I rode it into a brick wall. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's fucked. So many injuries. And I broke... How did I break my wrist? Fuck. I can't remember that one. <laughs> I broke two arms and two wrists. I cannot believe the woman screaming, don't pass to Grace. Yeah. I, I don't know. I wasn't too successful in the sporting arena. No, neither. So, But I love watching... I'm, I'm kind of like you. We both like love watching dancing. Yeah, I know. What's up with that? Yeah. It's like a like a forgotten dream or something. <laughs> no. But then the other day, because I kind of hadn't really noticed, and Anton, the only time I'll ever put music on if I'm watching random Instagram videos is when I'm watching like someone competitively dance or yeah, someone dancing yeah. in their room. Yeah, yeah. And he was just like, why are you always watching people dancing? And it's usually at a hip hop one. I just get really into it. I just remembered a really good memory where uh, I did dance class in year eight or nine. And my teacher actually went on to be on So You Think You Can Dance. Oh and this was like actually my first like fashion memory in a weird way because you had to wear for this dance recital like um, two neon colors and the rest of your outfit was black. And I was like, what the fuck? So I like didn't know what to do and I left it to the last minute. Yeah, like who just has that at home? So I cut up my brother's like high-vis bib for soccer mm. into a crop top. Oh, my God. And wore it over like a lime green boob tube and like black leggings. Like it was so chat. And I just felt so like cool in it. And I was like, dead, like walked in. And she was like, everyone stop and look at this girl. She was like, she can't dance. <laughs> and I was like, can't I? Like thought I was good. And she was like, but she walked in here with confidence. And that's what matters <laughs> in this life. And I was like, thanks. That's so good. I know. Bring back baby Grace. Yeah. She was like, look at her outfit. It's ridiculous. What is it? Like a high vis bib? Like she just called me out and I was like, oh. And was your brother like, give me my fucking soccer bib? He got yelled at at soccer. (laughs) Because he didn't have it. Yeah. But he was like, where is it? And then I came home like in my like thotty little ensemble. (laughs) So weird. Okay. Um, We've gotten so off topic. Yes. What was the topic? Can women have it all? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, okay. So we're going to wrap this up. As usual, please follow us on Instagram at Afterwork Drinks Podcast. Um, every Thursday when this episode is released, we post our recommendations that we talk about in the podcast, but we also post a bunch more um, that you haven't seen. And then sometimes I go rogue and just punch post a bunch on the weekend. Yes. Um, went to a bookshop on the weekend and posted like 15 covers of books. Along yeah. With... I was like, this is new. I was a little bit drunk. <laughs> We've gone for beers because my friends got engaged on the weekend and Anton Aww. and I just decided to celebrate in Sydney. Yeah. So we got drunk and then I just went to my favorite bookshop and was taking photos of Aww. all the books. Yeah, fun. <laughs> my workmate walked in and was like, hello. <laughs> You're like, hey. I was like, hey, I'm busy. I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> all that's on. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> follow us there and you'll get lots of good recommendations and fun content. Um, and please rate, review and subscribe. Yeah. 
<laughs> if everyone who listened just went and wrote a review right now. It would be so good. We'd be like number one in Australia. Just let that sink in. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you have let, a think about that let tonight? It sink, let it sink in. How... All you need to do is like five stars. Great. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. Or just five stars. Five but yeah, stars. But I would be happy with the re- review. Intelligent. And I think they're like quite Intelligent, a lot about... funny and beautiful. Full stop. Like <laughs> Grace Fun, is caring, funny, smart. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Would love to have these girls <laughs> at a sleepover. <laughs> Good. Nice. Sleepover. Bye. 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 catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.